When you look at a map on the Earth, you see political borders, but in space you don't see political borders, you see geographical borders. And that humbles you to say that, wait a minute, we're all in this together. And I think if more people have the chance to see this, this beautiful planet from that vantage point, the wars would stop. The political bickering would stop. It's a transformative thing. Hi there, this is the SolidWorks Born to Design podcast, a collection of inspiring stories about those who create, build, invent, and engineer new ideas into actual new products. And by the way, they all use SolidWorks. I'm your host, Cliff Medling, and this episode is titled One Man's Journey from the NFL to Space. Listen as my colleague, Jeremy Regneris, interviews Leland Melvin at SolidWorks World 2019. Leland shares his incredible story from playing football in the NFL to becoming an astronaut and experiencing space travel. It's an amazing journey, and Leland shares where his success came from. So let's jump right in. Leland, thanks for being with us. Hey, it's great to be here. So I had the opportunity to sit and watch you speak and, and talk about inspiring stories. I wanted to spend a few minutes for the folks maybe at home who didn't get a chance to tune in, maybe cover a few other things. So for the folks at home who don't know, you've had an interesting career. You Spin around a little, a few curves here and there. Yeah, you, uh, you're, you're the only NFL player to have flown in space. Right. So the first thing I have to ask is how do we go from the NFL to space? Because that's not a that's yeah, not a regular journey. That's, that's a good question. I am. Um, you know, I'd always been a, a, a tinkerer as a kid. You know, I had a chemistry set. I blew my mom's living room up. Uh, I always loved sports, though. So that balance between the, the jock and the nerd was there at a very early age. And as I, you know, meandered to college on a football scholarship, I, uh, you know, I wasn't planning to go to college on a scholarship. I was going to be a chemistry major, but that, that popped up. So it was really like being ready for whatever you're presented with. And I got to college. I got drafted to the Detroit Lions and then play some football, but pull a hamstring muscle pretty bad yep. in, in both the Detroit Lions and the Dallas Cowboys camp. And then uh, started grad school, then went to work for NASA, which every NFL player does. Yeah. Right. And, <laughs> or some, right? <laughs> and then my, uh, my friend said, you'd be a great astronaut. I just laughed at him. He gave me an application. I didn't fill it out. And then another friend of mine, Charlie Camarda, he filled the application out that time and got in. I said, that knucklehead can get in. If they can get in, I can get in, right? So I applied the next selection and I got in. And I think, you know, the, the discipline, the perseverance, all those things that you do in sports, the teamwork aspects of it. And I had a solid, you know, uh, technical record in science and engineering. And so they saw that and it's all about teamwork when you find space and, and having, you know, technical skills to do tasks like robotics and spacewalks. But I think they saw me as a person who could fit in well with the group and do these incredible things in space. It's an incredible story, and I think one of the things that really resonated from me is all along this journey, even if it was the sports aspect mm -hmm. of your life, your education, and then ultimately going on to be an astronaut, you talked about the people in the yellow hat. Yeah. What does that yeah. mean? Curious George, I mean, my mom read to me, the little engine that could, I think I can, I think I can, and Curious George every single night. And Curious George got in trouble, but he always had that man in the yellow hat who got him out of trouble or was there for him to get him through. And I've had people like that throughout my life, whether they're mentors, family members, educators. And I think we all need that, that person in the yellow hat. And they only need one to be there for you for making decisions about, am I gonna use SolidWorks? Am I gonna, you know, what am I gonna do right. to get this problem solved? 
And I think that's so important that some people don't have that person, then they drop out of a program. So having this community of people with SolidWorks is incredible. And I, I saw one of the people on the stage that talked about having these user community, Smug or something? Having swuggin', the, yeah. Swug, yeah. Swuggin', yeah. Having this user community group that gives people awards for their contributions back to the community, which yeah. is incredible. And that's those are the men and women in the yellow hats right there. I, you know, I myself wouldn't, I would have never gotten into engineering myself if it weren't for a very specific teacher who, I, I took an engineering class on a whim in school and I had a teacher who believed in me and well, told me you should pursue exactly. this and uh, here You're, I am today. Uh, who, you remember the teacher's name? Uh, Mr. Pat Sheely. Uh, Pat Sheely, County the man in the Skills yellow hat. Center. Yeah, he was the man in the yellow hat for me. You're right, I do remember his name today. Yeah. I called him one day and said thank you nice. for that. Nice. So, there's a lot of there's a lot of the story that you went through in here. One of the other things that you've done that I think is quite incredible, and you you sort of passed it you you sort of uh, passed over it as though it was insignificant, but I think it's one of the most significant things was you helped install the Columbia module right. onto the International Space Station, and that journey was really unique for you. You mm -hmm. got to experience a lot of firsts on right. some of these missions that you went on. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, the, the Columbus Laboratory is was the European Space Agency's baby. They've been waiting 10 years to get this thing installed. And DeSoe Systems helped develop it and do you know a lot of the work to get it ready. And we launched to the space station and my at never flown in space before, but my assignment was to grab this tin can out of the payload bay <laughs> of the space shuttle with the robotic arm and attach it to the space station. And as as we got closer and closer to the space station, the motion just stopped. And I'm like, oh my God, what's, what's going on here? Because everyone in Europe is depending on me to get this thing right. installed. But there were four ready-to-latch indicators that were spring-loaded that were pushing on the module. I, was, I had my translational hand controller pulling so slowly that that motion got stalled out. And I okay. pulled just a little bit more, boom, and everyone in Europe is like, Leelan, Leelan. So that was what I thought my, my mission objective, my aha moment would be. But it was when we flowed over, over to the Russian segment with the rehydrated vegetables and broke bread at 17,500 miles per hour with people we used to fight against, Russians and Germans, and the first female commander. And this was my, my moment of getting this orbital shift, this perspective change, while listening to Shadi Smooth Operator, you know? Yeah, right. And so uh, that was really transformative, coming home and then flying again in space with the first Af first time the two African-American men were space at the same time on Space Shuttle Atlantis 129, SCS-129. So that was pretty amazing. And also catching football in space. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you had, you mentioned the number. 452 people have been to space. Right. So only, only a very small fraction of right. people have ever seen how insignificant right. our problems are from up in space. I mean, you always hear this. You watch shows on whatever television networks they are, but I mean, looking down on Earth, it, you, you have to have that sense of our problems are so insignificant. And when you look at a map on the Earth, you see political borders, but in space you don't see political borders, you see geographical borders. And that humbles you to say that, wait a minute, we're all in this together. You know, these land masses that we travel over, there's another community there, you're here. And I think if more people have the chance to see this this beautiful planet from that vantage point, the wars would stop. The political bickering would stop. It would be, it was, it's a transformative thing. 
And the th one thing that really ties you all together is this concept of STEM, or and you also say STEAM as STEAM, well. Right, because you know when we're having this meal and I'm floating food <laughs> to Peggy's mouth and she's floating food, that's culinary arts, right? right? I mean, we have all of these cameras, we're taking pictures, that's, that's art. I mean, these things are art. And I think everyone has that artistic thread tied through them, that tied through us culturally. We share food, we share music, we share all these things. And so I say STEAM because we don't want to not include the arts. I, I, and I think most engineers feel the work that they do is art. It is, it is, it really is. So um, we talked a little bit about being inspirational to mm -hmm. other people, but there was another big thing you talked about at the end. You, you talked about three key points, prepare, ensure, and inspire. Right. And an initiative you're working on with that is you want to encourage the next generation of engineers through a program called Base, the Base 11 Space Challenge. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about the Base 11 Space Challenge? This is really, really cool, okay? One million dollars goes to students that can build a liquid propelled rocket that can fly up to the Von Karman line, which is 100 kilometers, and the first team to do that gets one million dollars. And so this is like the equivalent of the X Prize for Virgin Galactic, you know? And I think that if we can give students experiential activities that result in a payoff, I mean, you know, in, in, in your profession and in, in the business world, you know, you win, you get, you get a payoff, whether it's monetary or whether it's bringing a community of people together to be inspired. And I think as a spokesperson for Base 11 Space Challenge, we are doing just that. We went to Morgan State University, a historically black college in Baltimore, uh, two days ago, and we were trying to get more diversity into the rocket challenge. And so they got a $1.6 million uh, foundational grant to start building a rocket center on their campus. Wow. And there was a there was a, a competition through historically black colleges, but again, we need to make sure that the solutions that we generate come from the most diverse minds. There was a there's a paper in 2013, I think, from Scientific American that said the best solutions come from the most diverse teams, and whatever that diversity is, you know, ethnic, geographic, whatever it is. But we need to make sure that the people that are using these platforms come from all around the world. Yeah. Well, Leland. We, uh, when we think about being the person in the yellow hat, do you have any uh, advice to give the, the folks at home to be an inspiration, to always be there for that person, to tell them never to give up? I mean, do you have any advice to give the folks at home? Yeah, I, you know, I, I've gone through a lot of different things. I, I lost my hearing in a training accident while I was trying to get ready to fly in space. And they, they told me I would never fly. And there were people that were around me that said, don't give up hope, you know, believe in yourself. I don't have hearing in my left ear. I'm not medically qualified to fly in space. I flew twice. So always know that you can get through something with the right support, with the right people in the old hat, uh, with your community, with your family, and, and believe in yourself, you know? I never imagined flying in space, but I had the right tools. Like SolidWorks has the right tools to get people solutions. I had a chemistry degree. I had a material science engineering degree. I, I built things, I created things. So always create, believe, build, and you can do anything. All right, Leland, I wanna thank you so much for being here with us today. This has been amazing to me. I've never actually gotten the chance to speak with an astronaut. So this, I, I'm a little in awe right well, now. Well, here's the deal. So you have this patch now, and this patch, if you use it in the right place, can get you to space. 
So use it wisely. <laughs> All right, Leland, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. And for those of you tuning in at home, if you want to get involved, remember there's many ways you can get involved, whether it's through FIRST Robotics with the local mm -hmm. education system, whether it's being a mentor to somebody in, uh, getting into a trade skill, or whether it's being an educator or a teacher. There are a hundred different ways that you can be an inspiration to the people around you to make this world a better place. Thanks for listening today, and remember, if you are interested in learning more about Leland, search online for Base 11 Space Challenge, which Leland had mentioned. We'll be back again soon with more great Born to Design podcast stories at SolidWorks.com slash podcasts, or wherever podcasts are readily available. Until then, keep innovating. I really hope that what you heard today has inspired you. If you enjoyed it, please head over to iTunes, search for the Born to Design podcast, and leave a five-star review so that this podcast would be recommended to more people, helping us expand the Born to Design community. Thank you.